Hey everybody, really great show this morning. The story of the NFT space right now is the Solana hack. So about $6 million in funds were stolen uh, via a hack on Solana. And so Easy takes us through that, talks about the ins and outs of it, what went wrong and what people can do to operate in a much safer capacity. Beyond that, we talk about the markets, uh, specifically ApeCoin's pump, the state of affairs with Ethereum, uh, how OpenSea handles stolen assets and the competition between Magic E and OpenSea now that Magic Eden has an ETH launch pad uh, and then specifically talk about the PA, Psychedelics Anonymous drop that's going down on Magic Eden with Voltura and the controversy surrounding the uh, publicity on that project which might just actually be a publicity stunt. As always, our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your FTX mobile app. Hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the NFT Morning Show. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern, where we talk all things NFT market. And boy, is there a lot to talk about this morning. The show is all about focusing on projects that are winning, projects that are losing, and all of the stories in the space. We definitely have a big Solana story to discuss today. So I'm glad that we have Easy with us on stage. We're going to get in the mix and discuss everything. As always, all of our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your FTX mobile app. And before I go any further, Nifty Nick, what's going on? Actually, that's the end of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a pretty cool uh, early 2000s rock. Uh, so, so, is that what the genre? I don't know if it's rock. That that was metal again. Apparently, people don't understand what metal is. This is metal. <laughs> uh, Marin, I don't know. Seems like she may have not been right. I don't know. Like, maybe we're on a, a like, maybe we're recovering here. And uh, it was just wrong. So I'm just saying I was going to make an apology song today. And now I'm just not feeling that way. <laughs> well, uh, you changed your tune. Um, well, I mean, she kind of, she was right, though, right? About that, like. Right-ish, you know? It was right-ish. Um, uh, if you. Uh, pull up the moon phases. We're not out of this moon phase yet. So the real question is, is if we'll end where we began. We started at 24129 on Bitcoin. We're slightly down. Okay. We're down like 800 bucks. But um, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's not done yet. So um, for today, I'm declaring victory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, despite being down. Okay. So are you playing the role of a bear or like, are you looking for a trade? Like what, what's on your mind when it comes to this stuff? What do you mean? Am I playing the role of the bear? No, that this, this is a bull, you know, just, oh, you're, you have bullish sentiment. I, I'm, I'm just saying, Marin was wrong. Clearly that was not clear. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that's, t that's today's vibe. I'll let you know if tomorrow I come back with an apology. <laughs> we'll see hopefully someday we can get Marin to actually come on the show that would be uh, obviously electric until then we're just hanging on every single prediction that she makes and you said she's right ish I just feel like she's flat out right but it's okay we can agree to disagree anyway uh, yeah oh go ahead no I don't have anything to add it, 
I'm fine disagreeing. We're not done yet with this moon, moon phase. So you got to wait. If you're using TradingView, you can actually just pull up the moon phases. And to her credit, if you look back, it, it is a good indicator by and large um, across most periods of time. If you look at the uh, moon phase. Now, I don't the even know. The indicator's wrong and FT Nick's right. Fucking log to the moon. Sorry, didn't give you the right music. There. Go ahead, please. Let's go, NFT Nerd from the top deck, coming down with a haymaker of game all over this market. <laughs> wow, some WWE commentary from Kicks. That was awesome. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, Signal, how are you this morning or this afternoon, depending on where you are? Well, my moon bird has literally just flown off into the upper branches after listening to that music. Uh, so it's just like, oh, God, metal, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Um, <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> so metal music must be probably my least favorite music. I'm not saying that individually there's not good songs, but as a category, I just want to put in like cotton in my ears and then just oh, run away. Oh, I totally away. agree with you. Oh, good. I'm so glad someone does because like they, they have like, they, like, People who like who like metal love metal. There's like no in between. But for me, it's like mom. I I just detest it. I find uh, myself in between. I find myself in that awkward state where I'm like, this is uh, interesting, um, but not not my go-to music. Yeah, can we um can we, can we get some like pop tunes tomorrow? I don't know. The best of the '90s, the best of the early 2000s. Pop pop tunes. I don't know the. Maybe maybe they have that. Yes, they do. Wait, so which uh, which year you want? Two thousands, uh, uh, early two thousands, uh, a little bit of early two thousands R and B hip hop. I think is the best well, genre. Th this this th to be clear, I'm not playing. Uh, this is licensed uh, epidemic sound, so I'm just using some uh, generic music that's not some well known artist or something. But they actually let you by year uh, select it. So I guess there was a certain pattern during those years. I don't know what that even means but here we are so I but know. i can do that well maybe leave it to pio because like pio is going to bring out like no diggity no doubt and i feel like, <laughs> like you might that's... you might you might bring out like the fresh prince of bel-air just because i said the early 2000s no so. that's that, that's <laughs> actual music that uh we, we're just violating all of the rules by by playing uh this is uh just license i don't know what that oh that sounds awful <laughs> I don't like literally it just says 2000s pop. Anyways, I'll go and find one uh, that we're allowed to play in the middle of the show. Sounds like a plan, Nick. And uh, why don't we throw the signal then to see what's going on with the weather in the NFT space? How about that? Oh my gosh, so much is going on, folks. Good morning, Wednesday, the 3rd of August. Overnight volume, not much there. We're still at 13 million. We are coming back down to these lower teens, but we're still holding, which is good. On the leaders, you've got apes at 82, mutants at 17, and punks at 74. So punks continue to close the gap on BL, on apes as the apes floor comes down, whilst moonbirds, doodles, and clonex, not much change there. Overnight, Nina's super cool worlds is leading the open sea ranks. Pierre actually mentioned this on Monday, right at the end of the show. It was about the 0.7 ETH range. A rare sold for 30 ETH yesterday, and then Pranksy did a huge sweep. Nice clean there, and that floor was about 1.3 earlier in the day. Monday's Art Block Factory drop, the one uh, we mentioned yesterday as well, Lever by Schoenbelder, 
Uh, sorry for butchering uh, the artist's name. That sold out at Dutch auction at 0.9 ETH. Yes, they had a floor of 1.2 and now has shot up to a 2 ETH floor. ENS domains continue to do well. OpenSea purchased its ENS address, OpenSea.eth, for $165,000. There was a very funny tweet by JustCoach.eth that said the seller should tag it as suspicious activity, given all the kerfuffle OpenSea has caused <laughs> on everyone's wallets. And Loopify's Treeburst founder plots are up after the combat trailer footage was released on Sunday. Funnily enough, they stayed at that one ETH floor uh, in between Sunday, but then yesterday they quite crept up and are now 1.25 ETH. On to crypto, we've got BTC at 23.3 ETH in the 1600 uh, range and Ape is the winner here trading at over $7. ApeCoin is up after Gucci and Tag Heuer announced that uh, ApeCoin can be used in the Gucci stores and Tag will allow customers to buy the connected caliber E4 watch. Overall, there's lots of mixed activity coming in from gaming, arts, ENS domains, and coins. There are plays to be had at the higher and the lower end of the market, but you need to stay glued on. So for now, the 24-hour forecast, there's a warm breeze happening over in art, gaming, and coins. But for other areas of the market, you might see some showers. Back to you guys. Fantastic weather report. As usual, Signal, uh, just some additional stories from the Nifty Di Daily Digest, which is our newsletter that's written by Signal. Uh, we got Gucci uh, announcing that they will accept ApeCoin payments. Uh, he literally just said that. Uh, <laughs> I missed that. My bad. Um, and well, um, in the Bitcoin world, we got the CEO of MicroStrategy, Michael Saylor, stepping down. Uh, the company has uh, taken a $917 million quote-unquote hit on its Bitcoin investments. That's because Michael Saylor went all in on Bitcoin infamously over the past two years. He did tweet out that in his next job, he's going to quote unquote, focus more on Bitcoin. So it seems that he's going to be committing uh, to furthering Bitcoin as a technology in the world. So that'll be something. <laughs> Nick, you have a comment on that? Yeah, as the SEC launches a criminal investigation into them over their managing of the Bitcoin. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like a good move for him. It, it's, it does. I think it's going to be very exciting to see Nick, what he does next. Nick, I think that deserves a go long. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. uh, I mean, I, I guess Marin was right about the moons being off uh, the other day, or I, I forget what the situation was. Someone had uh, referenced her uh, signaling some um, uh, uh, disease, unease. I don't know, whatever it is. But um, uh, yeah, th this is one that just doesn't look good. Um, and his, his new position is just a figurehead. I mean, he's president of the business um, on the board. So, um, yeah, I'd be interested uh, to know the uh, backstory there. But I don't know that um, we're surely our investigative team is surely not going to be the one to uncover that. Uh, we'll simply report it when some uh, uh, actual legitimate news organization uh, breaks that information. Well, well, you never know. Uh, we could be at the forefront of breaking that story. Uh, I want to throw it easy. I'd say the biggest story of the NFT space over the past 24 hours is this hack on Solana. Um, no one, I don't know anybody that would know more about it than Easy. Uh, easy, can you just kind of like explain to us what exactly happened? Like, were you affected? Do you know anyone else that was affected? Just what the story is. I lost yeah. everything. <laughs> uh, I did lose 11 Solana. So it wasn't the end of the world, but it does suck. 
It looks like there was potentially an exploit from a Slope mobile browser, is what it seems like the source is coming down to. Uh, and the other thing that was interesting was it looks like it's been ongoing for about seven months, and specifically that Slope browser. They believe it's a seed phrase compromise from a random generation of those within this mobile browser. And a lot of this is still speculation, but I mean, I was listening to Spaces with a bunch of people way smarter than me till like three in the morning live going through stuff. And uh, the, the consistent thing here that a lot of people have stated was that some way they interacted with Slope, the wallet type, on mobile and either moved a seed phrase into it or out of it. And that's pretty common, to be honest, just from the number of mobile users, especially the recent increase in that for Solana. I believe about 6 million was lost, 9,000 wallets, and the person was running a script. There were other things going on last night with it where they believe that they found the hacker's IP address uh, and a few other things. So you really had like all of Solana doing stuff last night trying to figure out what was going on. There was DDoS attacks on the network to try to halt the blocks uh, as a way that people were trying to proactively shut the network down against it. Uh, it was... It was kind of mayhem, to be honest. Like, <laughs> That's so funny, dude. People are, like, nobly DDoSing the chain. Like, we got to shut this down. People are dying. Um, here's the thing. It was only $6 million. It's not even that bad. Uh, uh, that Nomad bridge got hacked for, like, $120 million. Yeah, so. No one even talks about it anymore. Like, that was the crazy part. That got brought up a lot. But, like, the Solana thing, there was just, like, it was a lot of just a pure volume of wallets was impressive. And it seemed like it was all mobile-related. Uh, they're still trying to figure out exactly what it was. Solana Labs was investigating it, so it's all the way up the chain at this point. The tough part is it's like we did have people in the Nifty Discord lose funds. Uh, a lot of people that I talked to lost wallets, funds, etc. It does seem like the consistent thing was that specific wallet created, like that specific app. Today seems a little bit better. There's not as many people talking about it this morning. It seems like that, uh, that storm's kind of settled at the moment. But it's still a huge concern. Like, if there's something with a mobile app here that did have seed phrases exploited, that's a giant red flag, of course. And uh, you had a lot of devs last night requesting that these wallets are open source for auditing purposes. Um, and this specific one was not. So now, of course, a lot of people are kind of sprinting to try to buy ledgers, try to buy cold storages. Uh, Ledger even has a 20% off deal because of this hack. So it seems like everyone's aware of it. Kind of a dark day for Seoul yesterday, kind of a black eye on the ecosystem. But the one positive was like a lot of projects and people were hyperactive about taking a, uh, an approach, not making money off things, creating ways to bulk send NFTs to different wallets, uh, offering advice and ways to kind of resolve this. But uh, yeah, it was it was chaotic. I was listening to Spaces to like 2, 3 in the morning uh, until stuff just kind of got repeated. But other than that, man, it's it's kind of just a waiting game until we know exactly what happened here. Kicks, I saw you on mute. Did you have something to add? Otherwise, I have, I have like a couple questions for Easy. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is why I, I tend to avoid... Uh, in fact, I have never done a transaction on mobile um, just because I feel like you can do it on the laptop. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to trade NFTs at dinner, so I don't even mess with that. Yeah, and this wallet, that, <laughs> the wallet that I had that got compromised was a Slope wallet, and it was just like a burner wallet. So I just had funds on it that were completely separate uh, luckily, I've never put this wallet into a desktop because there was rumors that that seed phrase exploit did persist if you moved from mobile to desktop. That's a scary thing because you did have a lot of people in some pretty big name discords getting all of their assets drained. Saw a few people last night, I'm sure a lot of emotion in saying that they were done with the space. Uh, but I mean, on the bright side of things, like, can it get much worse, you know? I have a question. So Phantom Wallet is the most widely used wallet on Solana, correct, Easy? Yeah. Yep. 
And so this Slope wallet, is this a mobile wallet competitor to Phantom or am I missing something? Is it like something you connect so your Phantom wallet to? they do have a desktop one. So there's, these are Slope and Phantom are competitors. Uh, Slope though has an auto-approve functionality so you don't have to confirm the transaction and people use it for like sniping bots and other things on desktop to try to trade quicker. The issue here though is as soon as people started looking into this hack last night, it looked like people were confirming the transaction. So it wasn't a malicious contract or a malicious transaction. The interactions were quite literally as if you manually sent stuff from your wallet to another wallet. And that was like the big concern here. So it, people are speculating it had something to do with the auto-approve and the RNG for that seed phrase. Uh, the RNG being that random generation of, of words. And that's where it looks like this person was scraping the data for the last six or seven months when they created this this hacker wallet. And it just has an insane amount of information that they just kind of brute forced through until they started hitting wallets. Wow, okay. And so I was thinking that it was probably a bigger hack than it actually was. Like when you just talked about the numbers and everything, like six million bucks, obviously it's a considerable amount of money. But in the NFT space, we've seen multiple, you know, and I talked about this when we talked about the bridge that got hacked earlier this week, like multiple hundred plus million dollar hacks. The Axie Infinity Ronin Chain hack at the time of the hack was $600 million worth of uh, Ethereum, right? And so why do you like, but this one, felt like it was absolutely devastated devastating you know people were like checking in with people that that uh, trade on soul but it really wasn't that much money like do you know why people are like kind of making this such a big deal is it because it's solana and everybody you know knows solana i think uh, it's a couple different things soul's been gaining a lot of traction so when things like this like all news is good news, I guess, right? Like all press is good press. But this is the type of thing that just a lot of people are talking about. You have a lot of that overlap. Uh, yesterday was huge for Solana with Magic Eden launching an Ethereum launch pad. So like you had a ton of publications picking that up. The other thing though was like CoinDesk, CoinMarketCap, and a few others immediately reported on this hack. So right at the start, it kind of kicked off just before 8 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, that's where the news outlets started picking up on stuff. You also had like Soulport Tom commenting on it because the Tayo Discord, a big, arguably one of the bigger blue chips on Solana, had a lot of people lose their money. So that was kind of a trigger for many. And when you have somebody like Tom reaching out about this hack, it kind of spreads like wildfire. So you had big names in the space talking about it. Then you had people like Anatoly, who's one of the creators of Soul and works at Solana Labs, etc., commenting on it, actively troubleshooting, tweeting out their thoughts. So even though the six mil wasn't comparable to like that bridge hack yesterday, the bigger thing here was like it was the sheer number of wallets in a short time frame and the actions that were happening. There was a lot more concern of this hack being basically blockchain wide. And that was the biggest concern was like if this actually is all of Solana that's hacked, this is a lot bigger than people think. And it was more a lot of, like a lot of proactive steps were trying to be made here. People were trying to get in front of it. People were trying to figure out where this is coming from. How do I secure my assets? because of just how quickly stuff was moving. And I think that's why it gained as much traction as it did. It, it was like a snowball effect. As soon as a couple of people started tweeting about it, the entire space started tweeting about it. Big names started diving into it. Uh, you even had like Frank was supposed to talk about Utes, which is a massive upcoming mint, completely delayed all announcements of that because of this. So the volume may not have seemed like a lot, but it got the attention very, very quickly because of the potential uh, risk that was present. Got it. And I, I have questions about the Magic Eden uh, ETH launchpad, but I want to throw to Spencer. Spencer, what's going on? Yeah, so this was something that I was trying to like think through for myself too, like how big a hack was this? Because you have to also remember like with when we're talking in ETH, like 
I like to think in percentage of market caps. And the, so Solana market cap is like significantly lower than ETH, right? But it's still only like like five one hundredths of a percent of the Solana market cap was compromised, which is, which is probably a lot. But I think the thing that's probably the reason it's being talked about so much, or at least is my sense, is that like, you know, compromising one Solana isn't that many US dollars. It's 40 US dollars. So to do... Um, you know, the scale of compromise, like it's a lot of wallets is the thing. And like, this is like, whenever we think about what's happening in Solana land, like I want to, like, I think it's worth thinking about it. Like the impact is multiplied based on the US dollar value because Solana is the cheaper chain. It's for people to go to do lower dollar transactions. Right. And so like $7 million for like on ETH would be like, you know, two board apes stolen, but like that's the equivalent of a lot of people, um, getting impacted for probably a pretty high percentage of the money they had in the Solana ecosystem. And I think that's important to remember here. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and and it shows that, you know, even though an asset might not be worth that much in ETH terms in the Solana ecosystem, that's just kind of a different ballgame. You know, Easy, you brought up Magic Eden launching their ETH launchpad. There was obviously a story that went along with that concerning Psychedelics Anonymous, the the new mint by Voltura. What was what was kind of the story there? And what do you make of Magic Eden getting into, you know, Ethereum NFTs and having like a launch pad for them? Yeah, I think it's bullish for honestly like Soul at the end of the day and more specifically like Magic Eden's proven that they can iterate extremely quickly for like consumers and what the audience actually is interested in. They take feedback very well. Uh, like people openly talk about like bulk listing, bulk delisting right on their website and they make changes within seven to ten days it seems like. Where OpenSea hasn't made too many changes. OpenSea launching the Solana launchpad clearly lit a little bit of a fire under Magic Eden. And so now they're kind of trying to step into that space. And I think that they can do well. Uh, the other thing, too, with it is like I'm bullish on it because I can now spend soul and trade my soul for ETH NFTs. So I don't have to worry about bridging and handling a lot of that middleman stuff. And this just provides me more avenues to trade stuff. So hopefully I'm going to have some more information on the morning show now uh, being able to trade a little bit more actively. But the, uh, the easy thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just laughing. Yeah, the easy thing, it was yesterday was just kind of funny because two days ago there was a, a relatively large soul space talking about like paid promotions and giveaways and how those should be navigated in the market. And it got a lot of very vocal feedback. Uh, there was even some ETH people kind of shitting on Solana for that type of approach. And then yesterday, Izu comes out as being the, the partner for Magic Eden's Launchpad. They'll be launching Psychedelics Anonymous's sister collection on there. I don't know exactly when. But uh, their goal was to kind of target a more Solana audience. And then at the exact same time, there was probably 20 to 30 big name ETH influencers that fired off the exact same word for word giveaway tweet. So there was a bunch of drama going on with that drop. And uh, that was kind of the news and the precedent on it. The bigger thing, though, is just like in general, the ability here for cross chain trading on Magic Eden and now the inevitable support for Ethereum. Does this start to take market share from OpenSea will be what I'm curious in. They already have 99% of the Solana marketplace share. So this kind of seemed like a no-brainer for them to at least try to expand. Even if they take 1% or 2%, that's more than they had previously. Uh, and I mean, it's just one of the big things for me and one of the big concerns we've always heard on the Soul side is it's difficult to move volume from ETH to Soul. Uh, and that's come from a few bigger names, bigger wallets, bigger traders. But this is going to allow you to also buy Solana NFTs with ETH. So it's almost like Magic Eden will be middlemaning that, going towards that omni-chain approach, 
And for me, that's that's a huge win for everyone involved, and it just continues to progress like NFTs in general. But the Izu thing is a little bit interesting because of the giveaways. Overall, though, I'm, I'm definitely bullish on the marketplaces. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I think it's going to show us whether Matt Magic Eden legitimately can compete with Lindsay. And, and we have to keep in mind that we like take all this stuff for granted, but the game is still wide open for exchanges. Uh, real quick, everybody tweeting that stuff at the same time, then they're being outraged because they didn't disclose that it was an ad. Was that a publicity stunt? Like, was Dude, that it just... was so weird. It was like K Money, and I love K Money. He had a tweet and was like, Yeah, by the way, my team secured whitelist spots. Like, this is what happened. This is why I'm posting this tweet. And then Volturi came out and was like, We haven't given anything away. These giveaways are from friends. We haven't given whitelist or paid promotion. So it was like there was a huge contradiction there and like conflict of communication. Uh, a few of them ended up taking down those posts because of this like miscommunication. But it just seemed like there was something out of the loop there. Like, something feels like it was missing. Sure, it could have been a publicity stunt. We're talking about it now, so great job to them. But you could have only had good publicity. Like, the sentiment yesterday was that Magic Eden was crushing it with this move. And people were really excited from both sides. Like, I talked to a few people from, like, the PA team uh, who were just like, yeah, we've started buying Soul NFTs because we're, we're launching on there. It's, we want to get familiar with it. So it was just kind of cool to see that overlap. And then all of a sudden, it was like a sour taste was in uh, everyone's mouth as soon as, like, th it was just the exact same time the exact same words, the exact same giveaway. Yeah, but now we're talking about it. And, you know, Farouk and Shill and Villain did that that space last night where they discussed it. Nick, go ahead. No, I was just going to wonder. I mean, like, th was there any, like, conclusion as to how that, um, like, you, you don't just have your, quote, friends, like, tweet that out. So clearly that's not correct. Was there any update from um, uh, Voltura? Not that I saw. That was like the last one. I mean, I definitely agree. Like your friends don't just randomly tweet. I can't even get a text back from Nick, let alone uh, convince him to tweet something. So, <laughs> yeah, it does look like that was the last update there was that uh, there was to be transparent. Everything was uh, not paid to do so. There was no promise spots. It was basically the last message. Actually, exactly the last message. So I don't know how all of a sudden there was like this this change in pace on it and this separate or different conversation from 20 to 30 high name individuals on the east side of things posting that like clearly a team member must have drawn some attention to it or offered to give something you know yeah i i, I mean it's possible go ahead nick no i was just gonna i really pretty much just echo the exact same thing i mean clearly somebody ended up like organizing that and the fact that the copy was all the exact same so I don't know. That just seems like why um, I don't know. It, it, it just it, it's still curious. It seems like they're just going to move on from it, um, and it worked out. So I don't know. I'll be curious to see how this actually manifests over uh, the coming days. But it's also really interesting that they are going to Solana, um, and like a lot of uh, I feel like there's Solana NFTs that are well, not a ton, but some that are going in reverse. Um, but to see someone move from Ethereum to Solana is interesting. Just from the, the market exposure standpoint, it also makes sense, though, because it's a completely different, by and large, uh, different audience. The thing that'll be interesting with that, uh, like we're discussing uh, a Solana NFT with Easy, and I think that there's other, um, I'm sure there's plenty of other uh, organizations that have discussed this. And I think, uh, like... But Nick, I want to get in front of that. It's going to be an ETH Mint. Just on Magic Eden. What is? This Izu. 
There's Psychedelics oh. Anonymous. It's an Ethereum mint that you'll be able to buy with Soul or ETH. What? Yeah, so Magic Eden's launching an Ethereum project launchpad. So, so they'll be competing with OpenSea. Why, why is, and that's their own contract that you're uploading it to in that scenario? Yes, that is correct. Well, then that's kind of like a weird, huh? Okay, well, then why would the Psychedelics Anonymous team go collect Solana NFTs if it's on the Ethereum blockchain? I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, yeah isn't that? It was just people saying that they were picking him up. Like, they were just now interested in Magic Eden and Soul in general. That was kind of the conversation we were having on MySpace yesterday, that a lot more interest was picking up in Soul uh, just because of that new exposure. I think it's because you now also have this overlap where you're going to be able to use either asset for NFTs on either chain. Ben, you were going to add? Uh, yeah, I was uh, going to say, isn't that just like, you know, selling in ETH or APE for a project? It's not really you know, using the soul chain, right? It's just using the ETH chain and just allowing you to purchase soul on that ETH blockchain. No, so you will be using a Phantom wallet and the Solana blockchain. They're basically, from what I understand, leveraging it as a middleman or like a, a conversion in the middle. So you'll be able to send soul from your Solana wallet and receive an Ethereum ERC NFT or send ERC tokens and receive a Solana but, NFT on the Solana blockchain. But what wallet do you receive that Ethereum NFT in? Yeah, so it'll be a MetaMask wallet that you'll receive that. You'll have to set it up either to a profile or on the buy. They have CrossMint right now where you actually have to input that, um, or they use an escrow wallet that you can receive that NFT from after the fact. Is this kind of – I don't know. I interpret that, and I'm curious what the Soul community said about this, but I almost view this as like uh, Magic Eating being – I don't want to say that they're bearish on Solana. Obviously, they aren't, but it seems like instead what they did was um, – they used Solana as a beachhead to gain entry into the market and primarily the NFT space and are now using that to expand into the area, which is uh, King of the Mountain, which is uh, uh, Ethereum. That's where, you know, whatever, 90% of the action is. I don't know what the breakdown is right now. Uh, you would probably have uh, better data on uh, one blockchain versus the other. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just interesting to me. Um, that they would decide to do that. So w does the Solana uh, community, are they like bullish on this uh, aspect of things? Depends on the person you ask. Like certain people are really excited to just be able to buy ETH assets with Sol or vice versa, buy Solana assets with ETH. Like a lot of people on Sol have come from Ethereum. That's a typical conversation I tend to see. And that alone is like interesting because they still have NFTs and ETH sitting somewhere. So the likelihood of them being able to use that now is like, for me, more bullish, just I'm pro omni-chain. Like, I don't really care where the NFT is. I'd rather just be able to buy what I think is going to move or have volume. The overall community, though, I mean, I'd like that you bring up the fact that it almost seems like they used a beachhead to get in and now are kind of pivoting and expanding. And I do have concerns about, like, how much attention will be able to remain on just, like, sole value, especially if the funds from ETH are much larger. You do see more transactions at the moment from Solana and, like, in general, Sol. Mm -hmm. So there's arguments to be made that they're getting more in revenue because of the total number of volume. They take a percent of each transaction, but the volume and the size of each transaction on ETH being larger probably puts it in a, a damn near close volume and like revenue accruing thing yeah. at that moment. 
Yeah, I mean, r right now, so uh, it looks like in the past 24 hours, Solana had uh, 1.6 million versus Ethereum with 11.9. So it's 10% basically or approximately. But with transaction volume, Solana uh, was far more with 34,000 transactions versus 22,000 on Ethereum, um, which, I mean, all that that means is that I guess the average uh, Ethereum transaction price is nearly 10 times as much as uh, Solana, which... I, I don't know. I guess that makes sense. Um, but it's also interesting. And it also makes sense from the standpoint that it's uh, uh, gas fees typically are, well, exist. So they don't really exist on Solana. They kind of do, but it's neg it's basically zero. And uh, on Ethereum, it's not. Although Ethereum, uh, it's hard to say that gas fees have been devastating on Ethereum. Um, but, <laughs> but, but it still does add up if you pay 50 bucks every transaction. Uh, and But hopefully... Whenever that merge happens, which weren't they saying? Was were they saying August or September now? The new yes. <laughs> <Issa> said <laughs> yes. The new date is like September, October, allegedly. Um, Dan, we should have pressed, or, or or maybe it was just September. We should have pressed DC Investor about that. But it sounds like this is it. This is the legit one. So he brought some new speakers on stage. This is uh, definitely a, a great conversation. I want to throw to Soul Steve and to Eddie. But before that, I want to ask Shill and Villain. Alexander 42, uh, you know, a rising star on the Solana side when it comes to content. And specifically, Alex, you're always pressing people about whether they took money for promotion and things like that. So I feel like that event yesterday uh, with Voltura's project, the Psychedelics Anonymous uh, Companion drop, that's like right up your alley. I, you did a one-on-one -on -one show with Farouk discussing it last night, or at least partially discussing it when I was listening. Obviously, you guys were talking about a lot more than that. Do you think that this is just like a, a, a publicity stunt? Like, I, that, that's what I think, because... Uh, it's so on the nose and it got us all to talk about it. It got you to talk about it. And when you're talking about something, people are paying attention. What are your thoughts on the whole thing? Yeah. You know, it's funny because we, the Solana people get made fun of for doing those exact type of promotion styles. And I think Psychodon, Psychodon, uh, the anonymous collection. <laughs> Dude, sorry. Psychedelic <laughs> anonymous. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's like a really great collection. I'm like, Vulture, you could have done a lot better. And like, there was a lot of great, talented people that did it. And I just felt like it was a waste of talent, personally. And maybe it was just a publicity stunt to get everyone like, we go, yo, what's going Because it all happened all at once. And I was like, yeah, so I didn't like it. I think he could have done, it was more like just discrediting everyone involved. And I felt like, hey, like, imagine if like other side did this, like retweet, tag three friends, everyone would get pissed. So, so why would you expect a different outcome? Yeah, but now we're talking about it and the way they did it was so on the nose with everybody posting it at the same time and then him saying, nah, we didn't pay anybody. Like that's that would get you talking about it and you you hosted a dedicated space with Farouk, right? So with one of the biggest influencers in the space to discuss it. So that's why, you know, that's why I'm pointing out that I feel like it could be a publicity stunt. Um, Kicks, you just raised your hand. Was there something you wanted to add to that? Well, clearly Alex is part of the publicity stunt, so why would you <laughs> even like allow him to do this? This is bullshit. Get the yeah, fuck off stage. <laughs> I, have, I have two questions. My first question is, so Voltura said that they didn't pay anyone to promote, but they gave them NFTs that are going to have money. So does that make him a liar, or am I misunderstanding the situation? And then secondarily, Alexander, how many of the whitelists did you get? <laughs> Answer the question, Alex. Yeah, no, I got zero whitelists for like I 
I actually got attacked by all the psychedelic anonymous community. They're like, who is this guy? And they didn't know I'm like a rug PFP from the broke chain. So <laughs> I actually, I got a lot of engagement out of it. So they, I, I think I won that battle. They're, they are all investigating who I am now. <laughs> Wasn't there like 10 of them that all came out at the same time and posted the about it? The exact same time, the word for word, the exact same tweet. It was it was like impressive to be honest. Like they had to have set an alarm to send it out at the exact same time. Sounds like a coincidence to me. <laughs> Soul Steve, uh, I want to hear your take or, or what you wanted to add, and then I want to throw to Eddie. Pow pow. So just wanted to chime in on the the Magic Eden conversation. Um, you know, there was a lot of speculation. I you know, to me, the ETH move for Magic Eden, it's just to make more money, right? More transactions, more volume. I, I don't see any sort of you know nefarious. Uh, strategy here to you know move away from Solana and into ETH. To me, it's just a pure uh, volume and and pure profit play here. But the one thing I will say, Easy mentioned, you know, some of those people that came over from ETH. I was on ETH for a while before I, I came to Solana and kind of had a, an awakening as to what uh, you know trading NFTs should be. Um, Magic Eden is just constantly pushing the envelope. That's that's I think the biggest thing I like about what they're doing. They listen to the people, you know, they're constantly adding functions. It feels like almost on a weekly basis, something's getting tweaked. Um, whereas OpenSea, I mean, nothing substantial has changed in almost a year, it, it feels like. Um, and I also think, you know, with this this whole hack thing, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what, what Easy and, and Alex think, you know, these people using these auto-approved wallets, like it almost to me feels like uh, bad practice, right? Like, I understand the quick trades, the volume and, and all of that. But, you know, everybody preaches in this space, you know, don't give out your seed phrase, you know, make sure you're looking at transactions before you approve them. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not sympathetic to people that lost all this money. It sucks. I'm totally sympathetic. You know, this wasn't intentional. You know, this is, wasn't like, you know, some dumb board ape that clicked a bad link and gave away all their, you know, million dollar PFPs, which seems to happen every other week. Um, you know, this was a little bit worse than that. But you know, at the same time, I think there is some background here to say, yeah, maybe bad practice uh, from a security standpoint that kind of got to some of these folks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it keeps happening in the NFT space. It's going to uh, continue to happen until we have robust security businesses in the space that are actually mainstream. Uh, it's also going to happen while the user interface of all this blockchain stuff is in its infancy the way it is. Eddie, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, it's just for the for Magic Eden, this this whole thing feels more of like it, it feels like they've had so much success with their launch pad that they just want to take, you know, an opportunity to use that success and use it for ETH projects, which get, you know, higher mint prices and higher volume at the end of the day. But once I like for me, if I go ahead and buy this Magic Eden, um, like buy any ETH NFT off Magic Eden through their launch pad i'm immediately when i'm listing it gonna list it on OpenSea or looks rare or any of those like i'm not gonna be aiming to list it on magic eden personally um at least at least as it stands as of now maybe gem will integrate magic eden maybe genie will integrate magic eden but for me it feels more like a launch pad play rather than anything that feels like it's gonna do too well for uh for secondary volume fair fair easy you have your hand raised yeah, so I, what, like, I think the bigger thing for that and what I'm trying to figure out first is like what the data actually looks like. If we start to see a large number of transactions of sole volume for ETH NFTs on Magic Eden, then like I'm thinking a little bit different than Eddie there. There may be an opportunity to list on that. I think 
waiting for that data is going to be crucial because my big focus here is there's like, like that overlap. I'm hopeful that we can see how much volume is buying soul and vice versa, even if it's not much. It's still something that I think is going to make it a little bit more clear if we are going to start to get more crossover or not. And I think this is a good opportunity, finally, for us as consumers to have an opportunity to consider both and make those trades. Well, that's what happened when uh, Solana got put on a the on OpenSea, right? Like we all said it was a big nothing burger. We said that uh, it didn't matter. And if you wanted to buy Solana NFTs, you just buy them on uh, Magic Eden. But we what we didn't consider is that the volume of Solana NFT sales was going to show up on volume page for OpenSea. And I have the volume page pulled up right now. It's like the first thing I pull up before the show every day to see where is the capital going in the NFT space. And look at this. The number one uh, project for volume is this raccoon. And uh, yeah. So what's up with that? Uh, they're trying to do like an AWS Web3 thing where they provide RPC nodes and servers for projects. Uh, it sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me, like a uh, pyramid scheme dressed up as raccoon PFPs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hold, I hold, so, like, at the same time, like, I'm flooding my own bags. My goal here is to flip these. Uh, <laughs> I own five. No, I, go ahead. <laughs> I like how the business model is now like, all right, so we're, we're really uh, interested in offering, building at a uh, next level or next uh, generation hosting provider and uh phase one of this is going to be us launching uh pictures of raccoons in order to generate <laughs> it gets worse, funding it gets worse <laughs> nvidia's a partner with the underlying company uh shakudo it's on nvidia's website they've been partners for a year now and this nft is their guerrilla marketing campaign you actually get referral dollars for getting them customers well oh, so I mean, that's like you're, you're like connecting the dots. That's like uh, one of the, like conspiracy theory drawing like right there uh, in the flesh where it's like, OK, so what happens is Rakudos, this uh, raccoon NFT classic, beautiful art is um, although that's debatable. You know, uh, if you tie that dot and you draw a line between that and then it's associated with this other company, Shakudo, if you then draw a line right there, Shakudo. Uh -huh connected to nvidia and nvidia is clear ones launching rakudos no it's way simpler than that right on nvidia's website it says shakudo you click on shakudo and it says we are launching an nft and it's a picture of a raccoon so you don't have to do any like charlie day from uh always sunny like conspiracy <laughs> theories it kind of they just hand it to you and it's still garbage even directly but handed on a silver platter i mean it would be the same as like having advisors on your website yeah. though i want like it's, yeah. it's not like like Nvidia has uh, is a large global global corporation that probably has partnerships with a lot of other people, and like that would be like uh, saying that I'm uh, uh, verified. Uh, although I don't know the depth of that partnership, um, but clearly they're putting a bunch of logos on there. It is weird um, because the Shakudo website like looks like a legitimate, you know, sort of developer platform. Um, although a lot of it is focused on the social proof of who else is using this thing um which is concerning uh but yeah i mean regardless it's still um it's it's definitely an odd step considering they haven't uh launched this uh well it says their sandbox is available but considering they haven't launched this it's like how the hell does the pfp fit they into that they raised like 40 million before this too so don't worry the funds are good they don't need another raise uh it's nothing to worry about so w why did they launch this then? Like, what's the upside of them launching this I asked this that PFP? question a bunch, and a lot of people couldn't give me a consistent answer aside from, <laughs> dude, it makes sense. So here we are. <laughs> Sell the raccoon NFT, 
get primary sale funds, get the royalty. You already know. Well, we got a lot of people with their hands raised. I mean, look, Shill and Villain, is there something you want to add on this that I'm going to throw to Sig and the Kicks? Yeah, so they're doing, they're setting up validators and nodes. And then, like, if you can bring people on, this is like their, I guess they're using the, their community to leverage to get more people to onboard but it doesn't really make sense to me to, in my mind like yeah easy said they raised four million they, they raised it in november and so like they're doing an nft now and they're giving away that very revenue stream that they built so it doesn't really make sense that they would build the revenue stream and then give it away a year later yeah, it sounds like it doesn't make much sense. Signal, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, so one of the best features I saw in the video was that Magic Eden was saying that there's not going to be um, any frozen or stolen assets. Um, and obviously, we all know what we're dealing with, with currently with OpenSea. Like, it doesn't make a difference whether you're spending 0.3 ETH or, when, or whether you're spending 30 ETH. Like, nobody wants to buy um, a stolen asset. And easy, I'm just curious, how, um, how are stolen assets um, dealt with currently on Magic Eden? They usually get floored for way below floor price and somebody then buys them and then resells them slightly higher. And the person whose stolen asset it was is just shit out of luck. Uh, okay, so same grass, same grass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they don't no, block but... it. They don't limit it. They don't really care. Um, if you see how they threw shade at OpenSea easy? When yeah, they I mean, I'm all for it, bro. I'm all for it. Like, no, I'm, I'm so pro well. shitting on OpenSea. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I enjoyed I'm, that a lot. <laughs> I'm pro-shitting on OpenSea, but I think with these stolen assets, we, it's, it's, it's for the market to determine what should happen to those assets. And it's not for OpenSea to be the, the judge and the jury. Uh, and the fact that they don't help on, custom, on customer support, like, like we see the stories. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm all for using Magic Eating and uh, giving this launchpad a try. Yeah, they clearly see that as a, you know, a feature or like, an, a, a, you know, kind of like a political issue that can wedge against OpenSea. You know, it's not major, but it's definitely there. The, I mean, there's the tweets on on the stolen asset policy just continue to build and build and build without OpenSea, you know, coming out with any adjusted policy or statement. So can't hurt, I guess. We'll have to see how it plays out. Kicks, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, I was just saying I'm really excited for this new like NFT meta where just completely unrelated companies get funded by NFTs. I'm not going to buy this one, but I'll hold out for some other interesting ones. Like maybe someone building like a chain of car washes will launch an <laughs> NFT project and I can get in on that. But yeah, I just love the innovation over there. I mean, look, you're going to get some utility. People like will ask what an NFT does and I just let them know, yeah, it'll wash your car, it'll mow your lawn. That one would fit into that. Soul Steve, you have your hand raised. What's going on? I totally buy a car wash NFT. You totally hit the intersection of my interest there with that one. So let me know when that's spinning up kicks and, and we'll, we'll go in together on it. But I think the, the biggest thing for me with, with, with Magic Eden's integration of ETH is just to be able to start to get to a point where you can start see some of your assets in, in the same place, right? We've talked about this a couple of times on, on this podcast or uh, also EZs, but you know, I've still got some NFT assets in ETH. I've got some NFT assets in Seoul. I've got 15 different applications, right? You've got MetaMask, you've got OpenSea, you've got Phantom Wallet, you've got Magic Eden, you've got all of these different things. And I think if we're going to start to bridge to the point that it's more accessible for the, you know, non-NFT user kind of average person, they've got to start to come together in so some way. So this overlap to me is a, a big kind of step in, in that direction that you don't have to buy a different, you know, or download a different application for every different thing you want to look at. Yeah, I think that's something to think about. And you have to kind of be forward thinking when you when you predict how this stuff's going to shake out. Ben Jammett. 
Yeah, Pio, have you heard of um, the project uh, Pirates of the Metaverse by CryptoPoppy? I can't say that I have, no. So they, they're actually make they have like three different types of NFTs that they're distributing across multiple different blockchains. So I, I think it's um, like ETH and Flow and, and one other one. But yeah, I, I love utilizing multiple different blockchains and that do different things for different purposes. I just think it needs to be a little bit easier for people to understand. Like uh, I was, I was talking with Easier the other day, and I was trying to do some bridging from ETH to Soul, and it just wasn't really, you know, happening easily for me. And I'm, you know, not not new to this. So I think the education and the content, as long as it's there, is presents a, a good opportunity for people at this point, while things are a little slower, to try out different chains and different things, and and um, always putting a, a little bit of a priority on security of course but i think that if the the people up here that have more of an interest in soul you know can can help bridge the gap from people who are trying to explore that'll be you know very helpful and i know easy's done a, a great job at that but um you know I, i'm all for exploring different blockchains and especially when you think about gas fees and just you know being able to do different things um i, I think it was uh soul steve before who said you know, he looked at Soul as the way he 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 thinks NFT should be traded. I think that's a, you know a very powerful statement because different people have different perspectives on how they're looking at things. And you know, ETH is looked at a little bit more of like a, a luxury chain because you have to spend more. And I think that the differences between them is important. But you know, wanting to try different things is something that's going to help move the space forward. Couldn't agree more, Nifty Nick. You have your hand raised. The thing I started wondering about, and then I ended up tweeting just during this uh, conversation, was whether or not, like, people hate uh, this OpenSea stolen NFT situation uh, deeply, viscerally. And it just made me wonder, like, is OpenSea even uh, one year ago? There was a period of time where, like, Rarible uh, was viewed as actually you know, a, a legit platform to be um, competing with OpenSea. There's been a number of other um, sort of platforms, and it wasn't clear at that moment in time, at least when you first got into it, that using OpenSea was going to become the, the de facto thing. Because frankly, the first time you have this like experience on there, it, it's, there's just high friction. And I don't know if it still exists, but well, yeah, it definitely exists. How like with some of some of the collections, I, well, I don't know. On the first transaction, if you have to pay a fee, and then secondly, uh, with you have those collection uh, fees where you have to authorize um, that collection for your wallet. There, there's different um, parts of that experience that just suck, and it seems like they haven't resolved any of those sorts of things. And so I just wonder, like, it, well, a, what the hell is going on over there? But, uh, but b, with like all of the money that they have, and then b. Um, what's the, cause the only thing they rolled out was this upgraded, uh, smart contract, which I'm blanking on the name of, um, Seaport. yeah, Seaport, but I don't know what the implications of that are for me. The only thing that I've seen so far is that it's, uh, more complicated for me to like the, the interface is even worse when you go to like approve or sign something. It's just a bunch of jumbled, uh, like a JSON string. That's just a bunch of garbage. So it doesn't feel like it was an improvement from the user experience side, which just, uh, and maybe it was just them resolving technical debt. 
but wow, what like a difficult place to be in when like the the market went through its biggest growth uh, cycle ever so far, and uh, all the improvements that have been made is primarily um, the launch of Solana. They said they were going to do Tezos, never happened, and then uh, they upgrade what appears to be or resolve some technical debt um, of their contract. So I don't know. It just seems like are they going to be the one that actually lasts? Uh, you know, a couple of years from now, they have the money. But it just doesn't feel like the the momentum is there. Yeah, I mean, if they're not using the money properly, it ain't gonna happen. Jesse raised his hand, then I want to throw to Spencer. No, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really just bolstering Nick's point that you know we've all seen those, you know, the charts with the Yahoo market share or AOL or whatever, and then someone gets overtaken immediately. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know what it says about the regular. Um, NFT purchaser in terms of, I guess most people really are just looking for basic trade. So not a whole lot of reason to switch, but it's not like there's, I mean, literally everybody on the, I think it's unanimous on the planet hates LinkedIn and there has never been someone to supplant LinkedIn. And there's other, I'm sure Nick has a tons of examples of products that are the leader that have crappy UI or UX, Salesforce, whatever it is. And sometimes it's, it's harder than you think to, uh, you know, bully people out of the you know the leader spot for sure first mover advantage spencer yeah i think like it, it's it's also of note that the the most volume on like nfts in general are done by like largely yuga labs assets right you've got um mutants then you've got apes and you've got other deeds accounting for like a huge percent of just like nft transactions ever and they all have the same investors that's A16Z that OpenSea has. So I think that, like, if, if you look where the cards are like that, to me is the biggest defensibility moat for them is that like it's the same investors across the different, like the volume and the marketplace. And then when it comes to the frozen asset policy, and this is like, I'm very curious to see what will happen on other platforms that aren't implementing it like um, NFTs. Because one of the reasons for that policy is that the US has a really funky like theft policy for items like if you buy a stolen item and the police come like you're out of luck as the buyer in real life too and this is why for example pawn shops in the u.s have to hold items for like 30 days before they can sell them because of like the that's how they're then like deemed to be out of that range of potentially stolen and so the thing about open seas frozen asset policy is yeah it feels like a really bad policy but it's a policy that's actually like more in line with like U.S. legal codes and like the U.S. legal codes are kind of whack is the thing. And so I'm just curious how like I think we will see in the next like six to 18 months, we will see court cases about stolen NFTs. And um, I'm just very curious to see how that will play out, especially in the context of these platforms. Yeah, that's juicy as hell. And I had never thought of the IRL, uh, you know, equivalent. Uh, so that's like a fantastic point to bring up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining, this is the NFT Morning Show. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time every single week. Shout out to our sponsor, FTX. If you sign up with the code, the Nifty on your FTX mobile app or at the nifty.com slash FTX and spend 
over $200 on a cryptocurrency of your choice. You'll be paying some of the cheapest fees in the game to buy that cryptocurrency, but you'll also get a $20 bonus popped in your account. So definitely check out FTX. They also just implemented uh, stock trading as well. So moving on, I mean, look, People in our Discord uh, are pointing out that the stock market is uh, doing really well this morning. Uh, I'm looking, looks like Tesla broke 900 bucks. So we are uh, definitely in a decent place there, at least with, with that stock. That's the stock that I pay mo the, the closest attention to. I would love to talk about the crypto technicals and where we think things are going and maybe a little bit about the macro too, because it is just such a weird time out here. You know, Nick, I don't know if you have any opinion on the crypto technicals. Um, I'd love to hear, you know, Spencer at this point, considering we had been talking so much about, you know, what the Fed was going to do. They did what everybody expected them to do. We saw a pump. We saw a little bit of a pullback. Now, clearly, we're, we're, we're pumping again, at least in some markets. It is so challenging to navigate which direction we're going in. I'd love to hear any perspectives, whether it's Nick, Spencer, you know, anybody. Me, yeah, let me just uh, pull up my crystal ball real quick and tell you exactly where this bad boy's <laughs> headed. I've been just printing billions of dollars every day uh, thanks to my uh, technical prowess. Um, but uh, in all legitimacy here, uh, I have no idea. Um, I'm actually interested right now. I'm looking very hard at uh, BTC um, at a potentially a run up here. It's just been chopping though. Uh, it's been sitting in this range um, for a bit now, at least two days. Uh, and frankly, even over the past few days, despite the uh, post uh, new moon or whatever the freaking thing is with the moon, uh, dip, pump, then dip, um, we've essentially just been sitting in this uh, flat range. And so between, I don't know, call it 23K and 24K, um, it, you can uh, make some money in between that chop, but it's impossible to say. I, I've stopped. Um, after going through this, and Kick said this uh, the other day, all the positive trades have been on the uh, sort of middle middle term. Um, so longer than uh, like trading it hourly is just bonkers. Um, and right now, I don't know. I kind of like the setup uh, on Bitcoin, but I haven't made any trades for a few days. Just after last weekend, um, and having like multiple times where I had like made a lot and then just gave it all away uh, because I was trading it so frequently, um, which is number one no-no, like don't overtrade. Uh, I, I was just like, I got to step back for a minute, um, but I do keep watching it. I like, man, I, I like Bitcoin right now. The only thing is, is like, like we've said, there's uh, broader macro things going on, but I don't think there's anything notable. You got August, we're sitting dead in the summer and uh, no action uh, immediately on the on the horizon, which uh, outside of the potential of World War Three, which I don't think, um, frankly, anybody wants. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I mean, there, there's not there's not much macro bearish stuff to discuss for at least you know a month, and I think that that uh, leaves this market sort of room to breathe. And uh, there's a lot of people that. Um, you know, still want to trade and make money in the interim. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to continue to see, see a little bit of a continuation on this uh, pullback. But I, I don't think overall that we're just um, out of the water. 
And uh, if I were to make a bet right now, I kind of like this uh, BTC price going up another uh, 100 here. Sorry, 1,000. Another 1,000, okay. Uh, We got a lot of speakers with their hand raised, uh, excited to hear from them, but I want to hear from Spencer real quick. Spencer, what are your thoughts? Look, I think that... um there isn't as much news like we, we went through a period of like a lot of known news events that are super volatile there might be crazy stuff that happens in the world and so we'll see volatility there but i think what i'm excited for it looks like we may have a period of just sort of like crab walking eth movement which is um which is like pretty good for nfts historically so that's where i'm i'm kind of keen but we're in a different time than we were before so i want to see if like this historical relationship where when eth is flat we have a bull run in nfts if that's going to happen again. I'm not convinced that that's the case, but it's something I'm looking really closely to is that relationship of like the volatility of ETH to the price of NFTs because historically it's been there's been correlation. Yeah, that's like the, some of the juiciest stuff you can look at. Uh, we got Jay Webb on stage. It says that you are an NFT collector. You're repping a CryptoPunk. I'm not sure if you've been on the show before, Jay Webb. What's on your mind? Hey, man. Uh, yeah, I was actually on the show for a little bit last week. So... On the macro side, we do have a CPI print next Wednesday morning. So I think if we have a, a cooler inflation number, that could definitely be a good thing for the market. Something that I've been looking at too is, you know, ApeCoin absolutely ripping right now. And I think that's a little bit an interesting position we're in because as far as I know, there's no big use case for ApeCoin coming up. Like it's going to be a long time until it's used in the other side. And we're also going to have the first big unlock for the launch contributors of about 25 million ApeCoin in the uh, coming weeks. So I think that's, you know, I'm interested to know from the more experienced coin traders, like how they would approach something like that, where we're going to see this uh, circulating supply increase by around 10% here uh, early September. I mean, generally, that's never a good thing. But uh, in terms of especially when it's uh, VCs that are unlocking, we saw that with uh, what was it? Internet computer token. That thing, there's like class action lawsuits now as a result of that, um, because essentially the investors all just dumped on the public market and the price went down by 90%. Um, I'll be interested to see if that happens here. Uh, But I think this pump is primarily due to the uh, Gucci announcement that came out. And I will say it's pretty clear. I don't know what the relationship is with WeNew slash 10KTF. But it does feel like there's a strong relationship there between Board API Club and uh, or Yuga Labs and WeNew, um, and I think uh, th- and with WeNew's relationship with Gucci uh, as well as and Gucci seems to be pretty active in the space overall, including with the um, was there something associated with Pixel Vault? Maybe I'm completely wrong on that, but um, not with Pixel Vault. No, th- there were well regardless. The Gucci apes. Yes, yeah, so, Gucci did just release like a 10k TF did just release a new Gucci item. Yeah, um, so I don't know. I'll be interested to see uh, how that evolves, but I, I think that's the primary thing that's driving it. And ApeCoin has been the altcoin that's frankly done just com- uh, incredibly well. I remember uh, Kix mentioning his target. He was like, "Is this should this not go to nine dollars?" Um, based on this, uh, it was just purely technicals. He's had some uh, accurate calls with some of these prices, and we're 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 inching closer to that. Currently, it's uh, almost seven fifty. So yeah, I. But generally speaking, an unlock is never good. J Web, we're listening to your keyboard. What are you typing over <laughs> what there? What are you typing over there, buddy? <laughs> Sorry, my bad, my bad. Oh no, it's all good. We no, want to know. Say, you just have to tell us what the inside like. What is this? Is this the- He's in a war right now. Okay, got it. <laughs> no, it always, always. 
All right. Uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. Thanks, guys. Oh, hey, yeah, come by anytime, man. Um, we got LuliMF.eth repping a cool cat. Uh, oh, and actually in your profile, you're saying art is for the youth, tech is the future, and you're repping cool cats, doodles, and none other than NP, Nifty Portal. Thanks for representing. It also sounds like you are outdoors in a loud environment. Uh, what is on your mind, LuliMF? Hey, what's up, guys? You guys hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. Yep. Okay, man. I'm I'm a Brazilian. I'm speaking from Brazil, Rio, Rio de Janeiro, and um, I'm an OG holder. And I love you guys. Hell yeah! I just thank you guys for all the entertainment. I love Nick, uh, Jesse, all the guys, and uh, it's I feel like I'm in a space for like five years. I think I begin with you guys with the show. Uh, I had a I had a really big win with uh, Doodles, and I got stolen. It was uh oh no. You know, I, I got so sad. I was like, for not sleeping for like days. But you know, it's uh, I got this like a learning point, and I just here to say thank you for all the entertainment, and uh, that's it. Well, thank you, man, and uh, and I hope you end up getting another monster win, and uh, I hope somehow that doodle makes its way back into your wallet, man. Shout out to, to Rio. Shout out to Brazil. Um, Eddie, you have your hand raised. Yo, shout out to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> I, they, they needed a shout out. Uh, Eddie, what's going on? Yeah, just uh, two quick things. One, first on the macro, there's the, like, I personally have been watching a couple fair value charts, and, like, the idea of you know, ETH, ETH's fair value, according to some charts, uh, is still like in the triple digit range. And while I don't think it's really going to go into the triple digits at all, or maybe even for like, maybe even for a couple days or so, um, it's, I think it's still a little bit high right now. I think we've got more down to go first before we start looking um, for some upward price movement. But I am, I am looking at August and September has been my buy zone, just like on a time range. So I am hopefully looking to buy in soon. Now, also, this is separate. Uh, we mentioned A16Z and FTX in this show. And I just wanted to know, like, I don't know if we've touched on Aptos, A-P-T-O-S, as an upcoming token. But um, just like quick, re quick refresher. It's essentially like this upcoming token that's incredibly well funded by some of the biggest VCs in the space, including FTX and A16Z. And I just wanted to note, they're incentivized testnet number three, like I think their third round of their incentivized testnet is coming up soon. Um, I think they've already announced that participants in the second round of their incentivized testnet are getting 500 Aptos tokens. Um, so they're having their third round soon, which will probably get less than the second round. But um, for an upcoming token that isn't launched that has as much much support behind it in terms of like actual dollars from legit names including sam and a16z and whatnot um something to keep something to keep track on i what? personally yeah what's up well, like what's the what's the purpose of this blockchain like uh, so, we, we we usually don't discuss uh, those sorts of things i mean there's always a lot of um and i'm not saying we can't uh but there's like when you think of i was working at a layer one blockchain before here and I, like you get a lot of people who are investing. It's good when you have like high quality investors. But we also saw that internet computer thing. I'm I, was A16Z involved in that. I forget what that um, what that project. Uh, but they were trying to build sort of um, the decentralized AWS. What's kind of the pitch of this one? 
to be honest. Um, I haven't fully like fully clarified what it is. As far as I can tell, I think it's they're just trying to be like the next fast and secure L1 kind of a la like soul, I guess you could say. Um, I'm not 100% sold on it as a use case, but am interested on it from just like a pure price action point of view. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to tell at the moment. I, I would, of course, recommend serious uh, due diligence by anyone who's looking into it. But it's just the, the people involved are so substantial that I can't like not pay attention to it. Yeah, Interesting. I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up. I'm I'm not deeply connected with like the world of basically it sounds like almost like an ICO type of thing. Um, and, and it might be a win that people can look at. Uh, are you participating, Eddie? I mean, I've I'd like to. I'm going to try and participate in the incentivized test net. Um, I, I know in tweets I, I retweeted something on my own profile. So if you want, you can click in and like you could take a look at that. Um, you could take a look at the thread that I most recently retweeted and that should give like some level of insight into it plus how to participate. Um, and, and that's your research that you're posting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Nick has a question. What, uh, you mentioned the fair value of ETH. Where is that number coming from? So I, it's like, I have a couple of friends that use, it's called like into the, into the crypto verse. And I, well, I don't know the specific algorithm. Um, essentially like calculates based off of on-chain data what it determines to be a fair value of ETH. And it's, and it's actually hit a bunch of times previously. So historically, it's been pretty right. And I think now it's sitting around 700 or $800 as the quote-unquote fair value. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you what the exact algorithm is. And, so, yeah. But so you're saying that the quote fair value of it was at $1.4,000 and now the quote fair value is a quarter of that? No, no, the the fair value has never gone that high. It's it's almost always lagging behind. But Shock. does it ever does it ever go like has it gone to like sixteen hundred for example? No, no, it's it's been always tracking upwards, and it's roughly around like it when it hit four thousand, it was around like when ETH itself hit four thousand, I think it was around five hundred to six hundred dollars. Oh now wow! Okay, eight hundred dollars. All right. I mean, I'd be curious to figure out where that where that number is coming from, but uh, yeah, I wish I I'll... could tell. But yeah, historically, <laughs> fairly accurate. That's all. Well, well clearly it's not because, because the price <laughs> the price mean, was over four thousand and the fair value was no, four hundred, no, no. like, and now the. What I mean is, historically, it has gone back down and tapped the fair value. Right? I see. Okay, yeah, it makes it's sense. Like a support no. level. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Market is, is you know, manic depressive. So you never know what the price of these assets is going to be. Uh, Jesse, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah. Obrigado to Luli in the house from Brazil. Um, yeah. I, you know, I retired from NFTs and now I'm purely um, a TNA guy. I'm technical non-analysis. I just, I just go by <laughs> gut. So, um, but yeah, I, I have always thought ETH was, you know, when it was a thousand was too low, just based on the fact that there's already an institutional buy-in and, and it's, you know, based on, you know, people using it in regular sort of conversation, it's even on, you know, operational balance sheets. And so, but I mean, the one thing that, I mean, I would be, people seem to be definitely continue to be bullish going into the merge. I could even hear a crack in PO's voice when he was asking DC investor, what's going to happen to Bitcoin post, post merge, <laughs> get a little bit nervous, He's wavering slightly, slightly, slightly on his no Bitcoin, way. Bitcoin maximalism. Um, but I mean, there, there always seems to be a slight 
overreaction in the crypto community who seems to be a little bit conspiratorial to potentially catastrophic events. And so when ETH went down the other day, I, I went to our coin traders channel and I asked like, what the hell is going on? And people are like, all right, you know, have you seen the news? And I'm like, yeah, they're like, well, you know, they're, they're talking about potential like war resulting from Taiwan. So I immediately exited my short and I caught a bottom because I'm like, yeah, this is just, this is just what China does. They just send ships into the sea when, you know, they want to flex. And there always seems to be a little bit over your reaction. I don't know if this is something you can, factor in or bet on Nick or anybody else, but they always, you know, the crypto people are always hoping that we're going to have some kind of dystopian catastrophe where like the global economy fails and we enter World War Three, and then you all come out of your basements to your hundred guys and the two women and you celebrate with your ledgers. And I don't know what you do after you <laughs> kill the two women, but well, you have some sort of dance and circle jerk. So I don't know why this is such a, a fever dream of the crypto community, but they're always seem to be expecting global catastrophe and i don't oh. know russia and ukraine i think we're in a war i'm an american so i don't follow international politics i'm assuming <laughs> that, that ukraine did that ukraine thing get worked out because I, I thought that was going to ruin the entire world so, i assume they had a handshake with putin and it worked out i don't know signal control i think the main reason is uh because what will happen is is the dollars will suddenly become useless when that goes down and so all the world will wake up and realize that they should have bought a ledger to store their uh off-chain bitcoin or on-chain bitcoin now we're talking uh, and uh, and and that now suddenly um, we're all going to be transacting in Bitcoin, despite the fact that we're afraid of getting to a location that has a computer for fear of uh, being murdered by violent criminals. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's definitely uh, sort of the direction that uh, we would uh, hope for and anticipate. You know, I couldn't have said it better myself. So we got Savage with a C at a mutant ape it says that you are never providing financial advice or influence there's nothing to see uh there but performance art i'm assuming that you collect nfts considering you're all dripped out in, in mayc specifically you uh requested to speak on today's show what's on your mind i was just real curious what you guys were speaking about um I think it's quite funny, like the conversation and the direction it's gone, because I've been having this conversation with a lot of my family members today. Um, it's this whole debate of do you need the dollar or do you need your off chain finances set up? I mean, I watched this really interesting uh, podcast where there's a guy who's going a bit crazy on Anthony Pompolino or whatever he's called. Um, so they need loads of, to, yeah. Pomp. Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was saying about residencies, get residencies, get citizenships, get off chain stuff and travel the world with 12 words in your head. And it really resonated with me. And I just think that it's not necessarily that anybody has anything to hide and they should seek this, you know, philosophy on monetary thing. Yeah, well, this is the thing. It is freedom, isn't it? It's it's taking the ability away from anybody to you know infringe on your property rights and that's how people need to look at money it's about it's 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 your economic energy stored in a piece of paper at the minute and yeah it doesn't really work on the basis that we need it to work in a modern society so i've been having this conversation with a few members of my family like i've never wanted to you know seek out um you know dual nationalities or anything but i think the way the world's going it makes good sense and i think a lot of people will get a shock and realize that just through like you know ancestry you can get passports for a lot of countries that you wouldn't have first thought of um 
So I'm, yeah, I'm sort of getting and, towards that philosophy more and more. And I started off as a Bitcoin maxi and it never crossed my mind. But here I am with a bloody picture of a monkey as my profile picture, thinking it's yeah, my personality. Yeah. Do you get me? I can, I can tell. It sounds like you've been listening to Max Kaiser on Pomp's show. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe Michael Saylor. But, uh, but hey, man, you know, like uh, the separation of money and state going to be the biggest thing uh, since the separation of church and state. It's going to be a big deal. But back to NFTs. Um, we didn't really talk about the top 10 uh, activity on OpenSea. And a couple things I want to point out. So there's a what I think a lot of people would consider a degen mint, considering it is a double derivative. It is the combination of Board Ape Yacht Club and Rare Pepe's. A lot of people in the Nifty Discord were participating in this uh, project. My man Franilations bought in. Uh, looks like it's at 0.14 floor. I don't see it continuing to run but it was a win for the dgen minters out there because uh, i'm not exactly sure what the mint price was but it was definitely lower than that you're seeing the potatoes from meme land bounce back after a little dip i think the dip went down to like 1.25 eth they are back at 1.4 eth really interesting project to me i don't own any uh but i'm definitely looking at it and then if we want to participate in our fine art narrative, the narrative uh, that fine art is going to potentially run as NFTs continue to be slowly adopted by the art world and eventually anointed by the traditional art world. We were talking about the documentary, The Price of Everything, excessively over the past week. Um, and, and if we buy into that thesis, uh, there's one Nina's super cool world that's hanging around. Signal pointed out this morning in the weather report, hanging around number two overall volume up to a 1.1 Ethereum floor. Unique ownership is not as strong as you'd like to see. But then again, a lot of times with these fine art projects like squiggles, like a lot of the art blocks, you'll see that lower, um, you know, that lower unique ownership because the whales are accumulating. I'm starting to wonder, looking at potatoes, looking at Nina's super cool world, if we look back and we say, wow, those were such obvious buys in the one to one and a half ETH range and they run. I'd love to hear anybody's perspective. I'd love to hear Spencer's perspective, somebody that you know is in the NFT fund uh, business and is bullish on things like doodles and artifact. I'm wondering if you know uh, maybe you're overlooking some of these plays that might be the next trend in the space. I don't know. I'd love to hear from anybody on stage that has an opinion. We have about six minutes left in the show here. Uh, I have not bought any of these. And uh, that's the conclusion at this moment in time. Potatoes, definitely one that could pump. But, it, man, what project is going up to, like, uh, you know, 20 ETH right now or something? Like, what, what, what's a major win at this point in time um, in this space? It, on this on is, Ethereum, that's challenging. On the, Solana, it's a different conversation. But go ahead. So you're saying there's a lot going to $20,000 on Solana? Well, I, I would defer to Easy and Alex, but I think that's a twenty X. Okay, fair, fair, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I guess you could get uh, you could make a twenty X by turning ten dollars into two hundred, which I think is a huge move. <laughs> and uh, but I'm just wondering, like, for those that actually want to survive, what should uh, you know? And use. Uh, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, no, go, in all seriousness, so I am. I am wondering. Actually, that'd be a question there. Easy. So when you go and buy this, are you basically trading like ten of anything at any given time in order yeah. for that to? Yep. 
So, so you're basically, and, and what, when are, are all buyers also operating in, on the same sort of approach that they're, they're buying 10 at a time? No, not at all. Like even the nifty discord, a lot of people's goal is to just make like one, two, three soul a day. Even if that like people on soul are fine taking quicker profits on stuff. I think a lot of it though, is like, it depends on that size. Like for me personally, I'd prefer to trade in volume and all floor just to keep what's liquid. And that's where I notice like actual volume return. You know, like, like that's where I find success is playing that and getting out sooner than later. But because you have that size, you get a much larger upside. Yeah. I mean, so to, to answer Pio's question, my big take or my hot take is basically it's difficult in this market for people to, um, bit, to have a significant sort of position um, in, in these, uh, it, like holding in any individual NFT right now, because I, I, at least that's how I feel. Like I'm looking at, at my own NFT portfolio and being like, yo, that thing's $20,000, like a mutant ape. I, I think that's what it's worth. 20,000 or something like that. 25,000, whatever the number is, you're looking at that thing and you're saying, damn, this market's a little bit shaky. Do I want to be holding this thing? And I think that goes all the way down to something that's 1.4. Like I think about like, what was I thinking? I bought a crypto dick butt the other week and I'm, I'm looking at that being like, okay, like what am I selling in order to buy that right now? Because that's like just significant exposure that I'm spending $2,000 on something. Um, when I used to not ha you know, have that uh, desire. So who are the people that are coming in that are doing this right now? And I think like the majority of it is people that have been around for a long period of time. But what's an example of something that we've seen in the past few months it's actually gone on a complete tear uh, to something that's been so substantive that we're like suddenly you still want to hold it or that we're all FOMOing in. Like we haven't seen that same sort of rush since other deeds. And then other deeds has uh, sort of cooled down a little bit. And it always goes through that sort of uh, cycle at this um, point in time, although it still has great volume. I mean, goblins after other deeds, but you're right. Since goblins, it's been, and the problem is, not only is it not direct, uh, same thing with me. Well, I'll, I'll do it in these sort of degen mints, get it like 0.08, even, you know, hopefully I sell it like 0.18, point, you know, 0.22 if, if you're lucky. And not, and that's not even factoring in the 10 that fail. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a little bit quiet in the, in the nifty discord, but yeah, it's definitely a tough, a tough environment, especially when, like I said, you can just refresh ETH every day and be like, all right just sitting in ETH, like, I, like at least it's going, you know, up or, or maintaining value while the NFTs seem to be going down. Yeah, it's really, it's really tough right now. Another project to think about is Wrecked Guy, although it didn't, it didn't sustain and it didn't have like a face melting pump the way that, um, that Goblin Town did. Spencer has his hand raiser. Uh, Nick, I don't know if there was something else you wanted to throw out there before we throw uh, it to somebody else. No, I think my synopsis of just like, it's a tough time to be, it, buying anything above one ETH at this point to me is just incredibly sketchy unless it's a centralized. Most people will go and look and they say uh, they, they say they want to see a high owner to item ratio uh, in this market. I'd be looking at a incredibly like I want to have as few people holding that NFT project as possible um, so, because I, I just want like a community of diamond hands that are holding on to that thing. Yeah, when you, are you just making stuff up right now, Nick? That makes no sense. Makes complete <laughs> sense, Kicks. You're clearly, clearly, you're not in the NFT communities uh, of, of rich people, I guess. 
Yeah, it's the state of the market at the minute. It would have made no sense three months ago, but it makes perfect sense now. Nick, look at that nifty Nick, Nick dropping some kicks. You would up. love Lady Ape Club. It has 318 unique donors. <laughs> Check out that one. Okay, I'm not using that as the primary signal, but I look at crypto dick butts and it's hold, held a solid floor here, even through the ETH pump. You're up on uh, it. And, and uh, yeah, and so I, I genuinely, and the people who are buying it just continue to buy more, and it's people who don't need um, liquidity. Yeah. That's the type of scenario I'm looking for. But yeah, maybe I'll take a look at the one that you were referring to, uh, uh, King Kicks. Uh, Spencer? Um, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I think what I'm bullish on right now in the NFT market is there's a lot of projects that raised a lot of capital or had big primary or sales or secondary revenue in the bull market. And so they're sitting on a lot of cash and they have the ability to build through the bear. And so that's where like products like Clonex, products like even Yuga Labs, assets, et cetera, like there are these products that, that are well endowed financially. And I think the struggle with projects that are launching right now is no matter how big they get, they, you know, even if they had, even if they hit a high floor, like maybe they have money off secondary volume, but likely it was a free mint or, or a cheap mint because people aren't minting out at like two, three ETH, one ETH anymore. And so like when you have opportunities to buy into projects where the product itself has a war chest and, you know, did they stable? Yes, they did. Okay. They've got a lot of cash on hand um, and their assets are down a lot. Like th that's the thesis for buying in right now. I think you can buy into certain projects where like the market cap of the tokens is under the cash reserves they have. But uh, I don't think that that thesis holds for any of the newer projects. And it's such an uphill battle getting sort of financial resources now. Um, you know, I like Rect Guy still because I like that team has financial resources. Like they're not a team where they need primary or even secondary sales from Rect Guy to really do what they want to do. Um, but like beyond that, I think it's just kind of tough. And, and that's one of the reasons that like, I don't know if in a bull run, the stuff that's launching right now or is big right now, like potatoes is going to have a run up even, right? I think it's more likely to see that um, companies that have been building for a year or two into the next bull run, then release really big, exciting things. They had all this money and all this time. And like, those are the projects from the last cycle that might rip in the new cycle. Fair. K keep in mind that potatoes has seen a 2x already. And like 2x is nothing to scoff at. I know in the NFT space, we act like, you know, it's 10x or, or what are we even talking about? But 2x is 2x. Uh, kicks, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, 2x is a 2x, baby. Uh, 2x on potatoes myself. Buy-in was 0. 0.64. Uh, feeling real good about it. Obvious play. You know, had that real goblin energy. Um, wish I bought more. But hey, who doesn't in that kind of situation? I just wanted to say to Spencer, I completely agree. I like the uh, thesis of uh, looking for uh, existing projects that have lots of capital that they can deploy. The one caveat that I would say is that uh, just because they know how to spend money doesn't mean that they necessarily will be able to make uh, value with it. Um, so that's a good point. We're running a little bit over. I want to hear from Eddie. Eddie, what's going on? Yeah. And it's just, uh, in terms of other things that I was paying attention to, my friend Nucci has been banging on the drum of GM Dow. And I think at least in terms of, you know, expecting a project to continue producing some level of value through this downturn, um, they have done so. And in terms of just like the art that they put out is solid. And I believe the GM Dow is a, 
indefinite past to minting whatever you know whatever they put out. And if you're going to think that there's they might be the first realistic competitor to Art Blocks, I still think that while Six ETH is certainly pumped in this uh, as it relates to the past few weeks, it might be undervalued long term. So have to have to evaluate on that, but it's something I'm looking at. Yeah, I love how you and Nucci, you guys are like the the Zen Academy, you know, Moonbirds proof special. I, I love it. I love that, you know, it's like, yeah, you guys bring like a certain flavor with the NFTs. It, it's the best. We need um, diversity in terms of what people are buying. It's also interesting to see who buys what and the kind of personality stuff uh, that goes on. I was just trying to add what I think is a fake Three Arrows Capital as a speaker. They followed me and requested me, uh, re requested to speak. I think it's fake, uh, but Eddie, you, you think you think them. it's fake yeah i mean eddie follows them i don't know uh, the insolvent might... missing founders three arrows capital i think it's fake anyway here they are <laughs> here, here they are They're over to you to three found. arrows where are you <laughs> no one knows anyway ladies and gentlemen we hope you enjoyed the show uh we do the show monday through friday 9 a.m to 10 30 a.m eastern time every damn week where we talk all things nft market if you want to be a speaker come and join the show tomorrow come on let's do it just come on stage and contribute the way that the speakers on stage did today shout out to our sponsor ftx not insolvent sign up at the nifty.com slash ftx or with the code the nifty on your ftx mobile app look we'll see you next time ladies and gentlemen thanks so much for listening